You're listening to the Plane Talking UK podcast, the UK-based podcast written by a passenger for anyone. And here are your hosts, Carl Stebbings and Simon Waltorton. Wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Well, with that jingle then, it is episode number seven of the Plane Talking UK podcast. I'm Carl Stebbings, and with me in the studio, as always, is my co-host Simon Walthorton. Hello, Simon. How are Hello. you today? I'm fine, thank How you. How are things? Yeah, good. Uh, lovely. Uh, just about Christmas now, uh, Christmas Eve, as we uh, do this uh, seventh podcast. Yes, it is, yeah. We're uh, recording this uh, for a change. We're recording it in the afternoon, aren't we, Simon? It's, uh, it's just coming up to dinner time on the 24th of December. Yeah, as we slip in uh, nicely to the uh, afternoon in five minutes' time, yes? Yep, yeah, we're going to be... Uh, um, kicking off with some uh, news in a bit, but uh, but mother mother resting well, Simon. She's getting better, is she? Uh, not really, but um, we're getting there slowly but surely. But so we'll have to see how we go. Um, I'm sure you'll uh, I'm sure you'll have a good Christmas anyway, Simon. Yeah. But uh, yes, the weather outside is uh, quite uh, mild. It's only it's just coming up towards nine degrees, so it's uh, it's not too cold outside. It's quite mm, mild, really. Yes, and uh, the last few days, as of sort of this morning, uh, the wind has dropped considerably uh, as of uh, now because we had so many high winds and storms again in the UK, and I think they're going to hit the weekend here the weekend again. So yeah, we had uh, last night. Um, we had some pretty strong winds here in, yes. on the east coast, and there was uh, quite a lot of uh, airport cancellations and delays due to the high winds. Um, because, and also uh, crosswind landings. There's been a lot of those again. Yes, there has been. Yeah, we've uh, we've been uh, looking before we uh, start recording the show at some videos on YouTube of uh, various uh, flights doing some pretty awesome landings yes, in, a, and, in quite uh, strong crosswinds. Yeah, some. Uh, Impressed with the uh, Ryanair one. We'll talk more about we'll that talk later. We'll talk about that. Yeah, that'll be in the uh, the news coming up. So uh, all uh, all your Christmas wrapping done then, Simon? You still... No, <sighs> none whatsoever. So Christmas it's Eve. It's a mad still... <laughs> dash. I've got quite a lot of things to do, and I've got to see Father Christmas uh, two or three times to pick up some parcels for my children. So, yeah, it is quite a busy time. So, yes. Oh, blimey. So let's get cracking with this. Yes, yeah, we must move on then. Christmas cracking. Christmas cracking, that's it, yeah. <laughs> Um, so we're going to kick off then with our usual start to the show, which is the uh, coverage of the weekly news. So if you're ready, Simon. Yes, as always. Right. Christmas uh, Eve special. Yes, Christmas Eve special. Let's kick off with the weekly news. <laughs> So, kicking off the news then this week, uh, first bit of news is uh, about the Super Puma. Uh, if you remember from previous podcasts, we discussed the uh, EC135 crash um, in Glasgow uh, not so long back. We've had uh, another incident uh, over the last uh, few days. Uh, this one regarding an EC225, which had to make an emergency landing at uh, Aberdeen Airport after a caution light came on on the uh, cockpit dashboard display. Uh, The Eurocopter EC-225 landed uh, around 8.15 on Tuesday in the morning and the uh, emergency services uh, at Aberdeen Airport were were scrambled straight away. 
Um, a spokeswoman for the helicopter operator, CHC, said that uh, the helicopter landed as a precautionary measure. And uh, the spokeswoman for, or spokesman for the Scottish Fire and Rescue Service said that they received a call at uh, 10 past 8 in the morning on the Tuesday reporting a full emergency in relation to a helicopter. Uh, they responded, however, the helicopter landed safely with no incident and uh, returned to base. So another incident regarding the Puma there then. Yes. Uh, but <coughs> different, different model though. Yes, uh, yeah. That, but I, if I am uh, correctly, correct me if I'm wrong, there was a f- an incident a little while back uh, where one of these uh, crash landed and had a catastrophic uh, gearbox failure in yeah. the North Sea. Um, we'll have to have a bit more of an in-depth look at that. But yeah, the helicopters, again, as we were talking earlier, I'm just a bit concerned. As... Um, Changed my uh, look on helicopters um, because these um, uh, problems do seem to be cropping up more frequently now than they've ever done. Well, that's what I think anyway. So what do yeah. you think? It seems... It's not a hugely old aircraft. I'm, I'm just looking here and the uh, first flight of the EC-225 <laughs> was actually in 2000. Yes, um, and uh, also I know the uh, Royal Air Force do actually use these as a military uh, aircraft as well. Yeah, they're the class as a passenger and troop transport helicopter. Um, and at the moment, as of uh, last year, there was 100 built. So not a huge amount no, of numbers of those no. built, but... Um, there's uh, the variant being of that helicopter, the EC-725 Super Cougar um, helicopter. But uh, like we said, that helicopter did land safely in yes, the end. Yes, and so, obviously um, this is one of the uh, North Sea uh, shuttle uh, helicopters which takes uh, people from land uh, out into the uh, North Sea uh, to the uh, gas and oil platforms uh, located uh, off the coast of the UK. Yeah, that's... Uh, it's sad, really. I mean, we'll have to wait and keep an eye on that and see if they um, if they produce any more information on what happened there. But yes. uh, a warning light, that could have been anything, really, yes, a light, yeah. uh, regarding and anything. And uh, the pilot done the correct thing, as oh, always. Yeah. Um, uh, if they do get a problem, uh, any warning light comes on, I just make, they just make sure that they uh, land the aircraft quickly and have it checked out because it could be something minor or yeah. something major. So they do the right, that was the right thing to do. And obviously they landed uh, safely and there's uh, no problems or injuries to anybody. So that's always a good uh, sort of outcome. Yeah, that helicopter is going to be obviously taken out of uh, service and will be inspected by obviously the CNC <coughs> engineers before being returned into service. Yes, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, so that one there. Moving on then to the next piece of news. And uh, this one is regarding something we've covered on previous podcasts about the use of uh, mobile phones and stuff on aircraft, uh, portable uh, devices, iPads and and, uh, such. Um, This is actually a a bit of US news uh, regarding US airline um, Delta, uh, Delta Airlines. Uh, And they are, even though that the the ban on these is is sort of being um, uh, lifted slightly, uh, Delta Airlines is saying no to uh, the use of uh, mobile phones, um, even if the US regulators allow the technology to be used in flight. So Delta are saying, even if the... uh, Mm. The ban is totally lifted so you can use them. They're saying that you will not use them on their flights. Yes, I would imagine this will be possibly the same on most uh, American uh, airlines um, across the uh, US uh, as a thing. But obviously British Airways, um, they're going to change theirs. So, But no, I think this is a, a sort of a, a dividing uh, discussion, an open topic really, mm. uh, to talk about. Um, 
there is quite a lot of pros and cons for um, the use of mobile phones on aircraft and on, as I know and you know Carlos the there are mobile phone um, networks that are linked into the aircraft which you can pay a lot of money on credit cards to use mm. um, but obviously uh, the uh, mobile phones do or supposedly interfere with the uh, communications uh, between the control tower and the aircraft itself so yeah, the uh, the boss of uh, Delta, Richard uh, Anderson, um, ha- has said uh, that uh, the customers of Delta, they were surveyed, and uh, the customers indicated uh, that uh, it would it would call it would be a disruption to the travel experience. So that's yeah. the sort of thing that we were talking about before, where you, if you're sitting there um, enjoying your um, book or uh, um, you know your your own sort of um, personal time of uh, relaxing while on board the aircraft and someone sitting beside you gas bagging on the yes, mobile phone. Yes, I've, I have experienced this, uh, I don't know whether you have, you must probably have, on a train, you know, where, or... Yeah, yeah, or definitely on a train, yeah. That's, uh, um, when you're um, sort of reading your newspaper, someone's phone rings and then you're hearing half their conversation or they're shouting it out, which you don't really want to hear. No, so, no, definitely uh, not. We can see where they're coming from. Yeah, a recent poll by the Associated Press news agency suggested that 48% of Americans opposed allowing mobile phone calls during flights. And among those who flew at least once a year, it was 59%. Yeah. So uh, that's uh, going to be a no-no then with Delta. Yes. No and, mobile phones. Yeah, and I would imagine, like I said, uh, with a lot of other US uh, aircraft um, as well. So, but... If ever I'm on an aircraft in the US, um, I will normally turn it on just as I'm sort of uh, departing the aircraft, so mm. that, um, it's switched on as it goes into the uh, airport building. Um, but even having said that, there's uh, signs up as you uh, disembark uh, aircraft in the US uh, not to use mobile phones sort of in the airport. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is looked upon. I mean, frowned upon. But I mean, but but when I mean, I've flown when I've flown before and we've landed at, um, at an airport. I think it's, it's even before we hit the gate to, to stop. You know, you can hear the phones being turned on yes, and the beeps yeah. and the beeps, beep, beeps and all this. And, yeah, and, and obviously um, going through uh, customs, that is a sensitive area um, for phones uh, use and uh, for photography, obviously, which is prohibited in most uh, sort of areas where the security uh, lies um, before you disembark or board an aircraft. So mm. there is sort of a quite a big discussion there as well yeah i mean I, i'm i'm just the one that thinks that you know you're, you're going on holiday to to get away from everything yes and your, your family know you're going yeah they're not uh, oblivious to to the fact that you're going on holiday yeah. so you know ring them when you get there yeah you know when you're when you're on your balcony enjoying the hot sunshine then then call them this this thing <laughs> you go on holiday and why does it if this is just me i don't don't think it is but you go on holiday and the first thing you do you phone home you say you're going on holiday. What's the weather like back home? Yeah, have you yeah. ever done that? <laughs> we have. We've discussed this on previous podcasts, but Simon is right there that uh, most people do um, do say that you you sort of tend to. Uh, I think even I've done it before. To be fair, I've just rung home and said, "Oh, it's sunny here. It's really nice." Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so that one there then. So uh, so no use of mobile phones with Delta then. Next piece of news then uh, is kind of along the same lines. This one um, is regarding British Airways. And uh, British Airways are going to allow passengers to use handheld devices um, placed in flight safety mode from the gate to gate for the first time from Thursday. 
Uh, it'll be the first airline in Europe to uh, end a ban on the use of gadgets during takeoffs and landings. Uh, several U.S. carriers have already implemented the move. And uh, according to the news uh, feed here, it says that uh, the use of e-readers and other electronics on British Airways flights is regulated by the Civil uh, UK Aviation Authority, um, which had to approve the move before it was put into place. Uh, the easing of restrictions will provide an average of 30 minutes additional personal screen time, said BA Flight Training Manager Ian Pringle. With around 300 people on long-haul flights, uh, that will mean a combined total of approximately 150 hours of extra viewing, reading or working. don't quite know where you want to work, really, on a plane, but... Um, <laughs> The firm uh, had previously become the first European airline to allow travellers to power up their electronics just after landing while its planes were still taxiing to the terminal. However, one expert who advises Parliament on aviation issues uh, has doubts about the wisdom of the latest move. Um, but if you're, uh, if you're taking off or about to land on an aeroplane, um, you should probably uh, really concentrate and on uh, your, your safety, I suppose, really, yes, on what's uh, going on around you. Yes, um, I think that is um, a strong point uh, there, Carlos, uh, because uh, as you take off or land, <coughs> the pilots are obviously preparing uh, the aircraft to land and also the stewards and <coughs> stewardesses as well. So um, that is getting everybody off the attention off their uh, mobile devices and uh, more to the attention of the aircraft, which is the uh, right thing to do, um, as I said. I think we've all we've all been there, Simon, you and me, where you've been sitting on board an aircraft just before takeoff with the safety briefing going yes. on. And the, there's the amount of people who who just don't bother to take any notice yes. at all of what's going on. Fair yeah. enough. You know, we've all we've all flown ugh, countless times before. Yes. Um, Simon, myself, and, and most of the people probably listening to this podcast we've, we've all flown a thousand times before but you know take note of what's going on in the security briefing because aircraft are different they so are different types of aircraft and are the different. most important time uh, on any aircraft and safety is um, utmost during the whole uh, flight but um, takeoffs and landings are one of the most important um, times for safety yeah. um, because of the uh, strain on the aircraft as it takes off or lands there is a lot of um, different functions that it is actually uh, performing uh, during that time so that is a, a time that you need to be alert and not distracted by any uh, mobile device really so I wouldn't um, I don't think I'd want to use a mobile device while take off and landing and no matter how many times I've read the um, security and safety uh, uh, things on board the aircraft I think I would uh, read it and pay attention every time because although it may be the same thing every time um the conditions for the aircraft on takeoff and landing are different every single time that aircraft yeah. takes off because of luggage constrictions and weight and weather as well yeah yeah weather can have i mean we've had some quite awful weather just recently in the yes. uk i mean anything could affect the the takeoff or landing yes. flight yes so, um, I mean, we've had a few this week overruns of uh, of runways in, in in various countries of aircraft that that couldn't stop quite in time, yes. and they've gone off the end of the runway and uh, had to be uh, evacuated. Obviously, no one's been injured, but you know things like that. You've got to have your full uh, full attention uh, yes. at those particular phases of flight. I think um, yes. most of uh, um, listeners would agree. And uh, later on in the show, uh, this will. Uh, uh, talking about safety uh, regarding a 
British Airways 747 Yeah, we've got that coming up soon. Yeah, that's a, that's a recent one. <laughs> so the next piece of news then uh, is uh, regarding Manchester Airport, not something that uh, we've talked about before Manchester Airport on the show, but uh, Manchester Airport, are wel- oh, they've welcomed their first um, uh, largest commercial freight uh, flight into the airport on Thursday. Um, it was uh, actually done by Cathay Pacific Cargo. Uh, they're using uh, their 747-800 freighter. That's one of the new um, uh, 747 Yes, Yes, uh, it's uh, one, um, not this actual airline, but I've seen one of these uh, do a two magnificent fly pass at Duxford uh, during the uh, late part of uh, the summer uh, this year, which was so impressive. He came from Stansted and he was on his way to uh, Frankfurt. But, yeah, that is um, a fairly new... Uh, aircraft uh, freighter yeah the uh, the aircraft is going to fly on a regular basis between manchester and hong kong and is going to carry more than 130 tons of uh, cargo yes um the guys at manchester are delighted to see cathay pacific upgrading its uh, manchester service to the 747 800 f and uh They've said that the aircraft is going to offer greater capacity, capability, and uh, it's going to obviously uh, be quite beneficial, I'd imagine, to Manchester and uh, obviously create yeah. a bit more... You're quite uh, in the centre of uh, the UK uh, there, so you've got a good uh, spread out. Um, yeah, Manchester get... Airport is classed as the third largest airport in the UK. Yes. Yep. Um, and I'm looking at the picture here, and uh, the uh, engines on the uh, this 747-400 freighter um, they seem very similar to the uh, Dreamliner engines with the uh, new design there, which um, I was told by one of our uh, colleagues at another podcasting uh, group um, that they do actually cut down on noise. And uh, Yeah, that was Max Flight from the uh, Airplane Geeks podcast. Yes. That, uh, so, yeah, that is the up. first one uh, looking at this uh, with the um, uh, frayed uh, and fanned uh, rear engine things which um i didn't know about until uh max uh flight give us um, some info on that so uh thanks for that yeah they're um, quite interesting to look at really aren't they yes, engines uh, with that uh, that sort of that sort of cowling sort of, uh, yeah cowling on the back there they look yeah uh, they look they are quite smart yeah but that uh if ever you look out of your window and you see that on any aircraft you will know that that does actually cut down the noise um on the whole of the aircraft as it's flying yeah, I'm just looking, uh, Lufthansa have got some of those. Uh, they've got the 747-800 Intercontinental. Uh, they were the launch customer, Lufthansa, for the passenger um, passenger variant. Um, if you go online, there's some quite quite good pictures, actually, of the interiors of um, the 747-800, uh, which look pretty awesome. They're, um, obviously, they are they look like the, uh, the original, um, obviously, the jumbo jet, as we yes, used to call them. yeah. Uh, but the 800 is slightly uh, slightly larger, got uh, bigger capacity, and uh, obviously the engines have yes. um, have been changed um, for fuel economy reasons and stuff. And also, if you look at the 747-800, the, um, rather than having the uh, wingtips um, that uh, Boeing use, the uh, sharklets or, or winglets. Like winglets that they use, uh, Boeing on the 747-800 have opted for the similar design to the Dreamliner, where the uh, wings are swept round uh into into a point um which looks looks quite stunning when you look at that uh, on online so next piece of news then is uh one we touched on a minute ago this is regarding uh the ryanair sideways landing at bristol airport if you go on uh go on to youtube you can uh type in um uh ryanair 
plane uh, sideways landing and you'll see the landing that was made at Bristol Airport this week by, um, by a 737-800, um, which is what Ryanair use. And that's a pro- we've watched this a few times. Yes, Simon. yes, so, and uh, I think I'm going to be watching this later on today again because I am so impressed. This is one of the if if you want to look at a crosswinds <laughs> landing, um, it's not very long. Um, it is repeated uh, twice on the actual uh, short clip, um, but it is one of the most uh, or one of the uh, impressive ones that I have seen, um, if not one of the best. So. It is good, and he just nudges the uh, wheels and the whole aircraft round just before he hits the yeah, uh, runway. But he is right over to the um, there side must have been of some, the uh, some runway. So. Pre- pretty heavy rudder action, I think, used at the last minute there to bring that aircraft uh, true onto the runway. Yes, but and, uh, uh, on this crosswind landings, as always, most uh, aircraft actually point the uh, nose of the aircraft or the whole aircraft into wind. Um, if they've got a crosswind landing to make it easier and then just twitch the aircraft uh, back um, parallel with the runway uh, just on uh, landing if possible and if they do get any uh, more problems obviously there are quite a lot of go around so yeah it's a it's, it's one one mega video to watch you, you've seriously got to watch this so yes. uh, check that out on youtube if yes. you type in ryanair uh, plane land sideways yes um you'll see that one that was uh, like we said that was at uh, bristol airport and in th- the uk i think we're going to get some more of uh <laughs> more footage uh, during the next uh or the weekend um this weekend coming uh, because we've got some more extreme weather uh, forecast for the UK and I think it's uh, m- the winds are going to be a lot higher than uh, they have been in the last few days so um, yeah. expect to see uh, more uh, videos um, of aircraft crosswind landings which I enjoy watching do you yeah I, I think they're pretty awesome I, I it's, it's amazing how the pilots um, manage at the last minute when you watch the videos the aircraft are almost coming in sideways and right at the very last moment, just before the uh, main gear touches down, the uh, pilot obviously inputs uh, quite a large amount of rudder input, and the aircraft twists around and lands perfectly on the runway. Yes, and I know, um, as I've looked uh, before on uh, other um, films and f- footage, uh, this is one of the uh, main training things for uh, pilots to do uh, crosswind landings, because they are sort of quite frequent. And also, uh, most or I'd say most, all aircraft... Uh, are uh, tested um, to the extreme on crosswind and uh, landings and extreme weather, so that is well worth watching, as we said. Yeah, I think it's a good show that uh, of uh, manual flying. Simon, yes, I think. definitely, yeah. Because yeah. uh, that's no automatic flying. No, on this. Far, there's far too much automation in the uh, in the cockpit now as it is. So, um, so yeah, look at that one. Go on that one. Type uh, type that on on YouTube. You can watch that. It's uh, a brilliant video. Right, so. Next one is uh, a plane uh, that misses a helicopter by uh, 30 metres above, uh, above London following an air traffic control blunder. Um, this one happened uh, this week as well. This was um, London, City. London City Airport where uh, after a, uh, a blunder by air traffic control, um, the uh, helicopter and plane almost collided with each other and apparently the uh, helicopter... Uh, was just 30 metres above uh, the uh, aircraft uh, taking off from London City Airport. Wow, Simon. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, um, I think there must have been some confusion, as we were saying, uh, whether the airport was actually uh, being closed or closing down. So um, I'm just sort of a bit um, sort of 
angry about this. Um, they should have been sorted out. Um, obviously, there's some confusion with the uh, aircraft um, being far, far too close, especially of a built-up area in the se- uh, centre of London and uh, London City Airport as well. That could have been uh, quite a nasty accident if uh, this had uh, um, happened. So it doesn't say the particular make of the aircraft or the model. Uh, it just says a hundred seater. So yeah, that could be. Seater. That could be um, a 737 uh, variant. Um, it could be a Dash Q400 uh, Bombardier. Uh, could be a BA146 uh, or a Fokker 50, 70 or 100. So yeah, there's quite a few planes that could be. that They are the main sort of aircraft that do fly in there. And obviously the Airbus A319, which British Airways uses as well. So, yeah. Blimey. Next piece of news then, moving on, is regarding Mr. Branson. Yes. Sir Richard Branson uh, of uh, Virgin Atlantic uh, um, Airlines. And this one's good news for passengers travelling with uh, Little Red, the Virgin Atlantic domestic service, Little Red. Um, They're going to be doubling their complimentary baggage allowance from Boxing Day till the 2nd of February. So passengers travelling between uh, Aberdeen or Edinburgh and London Heathrow are going to be able to check in 23 kilos of bags each plus additional sports luggage free of charge. So Little Red are also going to be providing sales fares during this period offering return flights from Edinburgh from £88 and return flights to Aberdeen from £99. So that's, that's pretty that's good, a, isn't it? That's a good deal, that is. That's, uh, that's a very good deal. Double baggage allowance. That's near enough, um, I would imagine, uh, 23 kilos is what you're allowed on the uh, international flight. So that is uh, pretty good. Yeah, it is good. Ryanair, I think, is far. Is it five kilos? Ryanair, yeah, Ryanair, something like that. <laughs> or is it, no, it's, or is it, no, it's 10 kilos. It is 10 kilos. Plus Ryanair, additional though. sports luggage free of charge. Now, that's uh, handy for you then, Simon. Yes. Uh, all, when all I, uh, skiing gear. Yes. Uh, when I uh, do fly uh, to the US and ski uh, Mammoth Mountain, California, um, I do find this... Um, a good thing because most airlines uh, charge you, but I know Virgin Atlantic uh, do allow extra sports luggage uh, free of charge um, on all, all their transatlantic flights, which is good. Um, so, yeah, I'm well impressed, and I think uh, in the future <coughs> I'll be flying uh, Virgin Atlantic again. So, But this uh, little deal, uh, if you are in the UK uh, and you want to... Um, bring some extra Christmas presents home uh, with you. <laughs> you can fit them in because you've got double the allowance. That's it. Yeah, definitely. That's <laughs> free of charge as free well. Free of charge, yeah. I was just looking as well. That is, that is 10 kilos that you're allowed with Ryanair for your hand luggage. Yeah. Um, but something I didn't actually know, I just, just uh, checked online here as well um, about Ryanair, is that uh, due to cabin space limitations, only 90 cabin bags are allowed to be cabin, uh, carried within the cabin and any remainder will be carried free of charge in the aircraft hold. Yeah. Didn't know that one, Simon. No, um, I find this a bit strange. Uh, This must be, because they only fly uh, 737s, but I've been on um, Alaska and Horizon Airlines, and uh, they just let you just take on luggage, um, three or four bags at least per person um, on the flights that I've been on. Don't know what it's like with the rest of the uh, US, but... On the uh, Dash Q400 um, up to Mammoth uh, Lakes from uh, California, um, LAX, uh, took three or four bags on, and my wife done the same. So, and then uh, I've put the uh, buggy in the hold, 
uh, but taking the bags on and they had no problems with everybody bringing on so I think Ryanair are a little bit overcautious um, with the things mm. but the Americans just seem that little bit more flexible on what you can take on board I tell you I've, I've, I mean I've flown Ryanair loads of times you, yes, <clears> the amount of times you see people trying to shove as much as they can in the overhead lockers and yeah. then you end up having someone who's sitting in sort of row two and their hand luggage is in row 32 yeah um, but um, space is tight. Yes, but on the uh, Dash Q400 and the regional jet CR, CRJ700, um, which uh, flown on United up to Mammoth as well, um, you can actually, they do allow you to stash everything under your seat in front of you, which is pretty good. So, yeah. Yeah. Right, so... Last piece of uh, last piece of news, and actually, no, we have got one more piece of news before we do that, Simon. We bet, we bet, uh, we just well, we've already had, we've already touched on the, uh, yeah, the weather we've had the weather. in the UK. Yes. So the last piece of news then uh, is regarding something that has just happened in the last few days here, in, um not in the UK but in Johannesburg, but uh, concerning a, uh, a, a British aircraft of British Airways. Uh, this one was a, a incident uh, regarding a 747-400 at Johannesburg on the 22nd of December. The uh, aircraft um, registration Golf Bravo November Lima Lima performing flight BA34 from Johannesburg, uh, South Africa to London Heathrow took the wrong taxiway and buried its wing into a building. Now, me and Simon have been looking at the pictures um, that uh, the brilliant website Aviation Herald um, has uh, has on there, and the pictures are amazing—they are just unbelievable, really, aren't they? <laughs> it is. Um, and by looking at this building um, and the aircraft, I just don't know where to start on this one, uh, Carlos. I really don't, because the whole—I would say the whole half the building. Uh, <laughs> The roof has just been... Or the quarter of the building has just been destroyed. And there's just debris and carnage everywhere. Yeah, And we're Uh, not talking about a a fabricated building. This is a brick building. This is a brick building. building. And the uh, 747-400, the winglet is obviously uh, still in one piece, which I find hard to believe. But the footage, um, or I should say the photos, um, are quite... um, sort of shocking but yeah the that, leading edge of leading edge of the wing is um is a mess and that, yeah and there was a um, obviously because the aircraft do carry a lot of fuel in the wings um there was quite a um a fuel spillage um on the from the aircraft uh, which went in the building so this building i would imagine is looking to be completely demolished and rebuilt because of structural yeah, uh, damage um and obviously the aircraft, uh, I don't know what's going to happen on this. Um, it can't fly because of the damages sustained. But um, I would imagine this is going to be a complete check of the whole frame of this aircraft because it must have put a lot of stress on the uh, fuselage to cut through this brick building. So um, the uh, the uh, aircraft uh, with 182 passengers and 17 crew on board, it was uh, taxiing for departure and had been cleared to taxi to holding point runway 03 Lima via taxiway Bravo, but missed the turn towards the holding point of runway 03L um, and continued on general aviation taxiway M, uh, until the right-hand wing collided and sliced into the office building. Luckily, only uh, four ground staff that were in the building received just minor injuries, 
um, and none of the aircraft occupants received any injuries at all. But uh, as Simon was saying, the building itself has received quite uh, substantial uh, uh, damage and about six metres of the right-hand wingtip um, are obviously damaged, uh, which slice through the building. Um, and they actually slice through about 20 metres of the building before it came to a stop. So if you look, um, if you look on the Aviation Herald website, a fantastic website, you've got to look at this. Um, I introduced Simon to this one a while back, and uh, he loves uh, looking through this. Um, you can see the pictures on there um, of the uh, of the incident, and uh, obviously that's uh, being investigated. So there's the Civil Aviation Authority have dispatched investigators uh, to to go on site, and um, the flight recorders um, uh, have been removed from the aircraft. Yes, <clears throat> which um, is always a good thing to have those flight recorders uh, recording. It must have been some confusion here because I'm looking at the footage. Uh, I say footage, uh, sorry for saying that, um, the photos. The photo of uh, the picture with the circled uh, uh, part of where the aircraft went and where it should have gone can be seen on the photo. Um, it's just quite confusing. Um, most airports do have lights and directions and the pilots know where they go and they should always look and sort of have a look look at the airport each airport that they are going to fly into so they've got a good idea of uh where where to go but obviously this um well these pilots didn't uh know and have made a mistake and uh which has been a sort of uh could have been a very nasty uh one if uh there'd have been any major injuries yeah this uh this particular aircraft in question golf bravo november lima lima um, was manufactured in uh, 1990, quite an old aircraft. Yes. Um, and it's not its first incident either. Um, it's actually, uh, it had a, uh, an incident um, in 1995, so five years after it was um, um, its first flown. And this was in Seoul in South Korea, and that had uh, slight fire damage to its number four engine core fairings. Um, which happened in uh, in South Korea. That uh, that was uh, uh, happened just shortly after to takeoff from uh, runway three two right at Seoul. There was a fire warning light from engine number four, and the crew executed the fire drills, extinguishing the warnings and dumping fuel, and eventually landed back at Seoul. And but everything on that particular um, um, uh, incident happened, and it was it was everything was okay. Yeah. So not its first, um, not no, its first issue then no, for that um, aircraft. This, I really, um, in my opinion, this aircraft I would imagine could be written off. I th- yeah, I, well, I, it depends really yeah. how good the, how good it can be repaired if it can yes, be repaired. Because, like we said, the wing is actually it looks as though it's a uh, hot knife cutting through butter here because um, mm. it's just totally wiped out um, this large section of building. Um, but as I said, it's got to put, may have put a heck of a strain on the rest of the aircraft, um, not just the uh, rivets that hold the uh, wing on to the fuselage, but um, certain parts around the uh, where the wing is actually secured to the aircraft, I would imagine are quite sort of, um, or had a lot of stress uh, put onto them after this uh, sort of uh, accident has happened. Yeah, being an old aircraft, I suppose, I mean, I'm just looking, it was, it was delivered on the 14th of... June 1990 that one um, 
uh, to BA and line number 794 that uh, particular aircraft was. Yeah. So unless uh, until um, BA or the uh, engineers can inspect this whole aircraft to see whether it is still um, able to fly, they could. Uh, I suppose they could uh, repair repair it and take off uh, the whole wing and obviously the engine and redo it because there is quite a lot of uh, damage um, to the wing. So, <clears throat> but you just don't know what other electrics or um, damage is. Fuel issues and fuel leaks yes. have got to be sorted, and yeah, yeah, and any strain on the rest of the aircraft, as we said. So, <clears throat> yeah. So, if you want to see that one, then don't forget just to go to the Av Herald. That's avherald.com website, an awesome website where you can find loads of information on uh, incidents and accidents around the world. So that's the last piece of news then for this Christmas special <laughs> episode number seven of Plain Talking UK podcast. And uh, we're going to come up next uh, with some aviation news. Yes. Aren't we, Simon? We've got with, uh, some military aviation news. Yes, I've got a competition as well. Uh, so you can win a, a 2014 Red Arrows calendar. Yep, we have. So, We've got an um, awesome competition for you to uh, to enter to win yeah, that. Yeah, and I've got two of those uh, to give away. Um, so uh, we'll uh, get on to that uh, shortly. Yep. So we're going to come back then with the military aviation news after this. Right, I hope you enjoyed that. I quite enjoyed it when that takeoff sound. That was quite good, wasn't it? Yeah, that was. Sort of so we're going to try and get some uh, Red Arrows uh, sounds in, uh, in the future. Yeah. So with the military aviation uh, bits and pieces for this weekend, are you ready, Simon? Yes, uh, I'm ready. Right, let's hand you over to Simon then with some military aviation news. So let's hand you over then to Simon with the military aviation news. Thanks, Carlos. Uh, yeah, what a year it's been. Uh, um, sad news and good news. Um, the VC-10, obviously, is, uh, refueling tankers have retired uh, this year, which is uh, sad. Uh, but they are, a lot of them have gone to uh, sort of uh, museums and uh, airports. And Bruntingthorpe is a good place to go if you want to see um, some of the retired VC-10s. Um, also, the uh, it was the 95th. 95th anniversary of the uh, REF, uh, which is quite a long while, isn't it? 95 years. Unbelievable. So, And uh, 617 Squadron has been going for uh, 70 years this year. And uh, obviously in April 2014, which isn't too far away, it's got to be uh, disbanding, uh, which is a, such a shame because it's got so many uh, great memories uh, from the past. And so many uh, fond memories and sad memories as well. So that's been quite a squadron, um, 617. And that was the tail livery on the Tornado uh, for this season, which has uh, just passed. And also um, the uh, Red Arrows as well uh, have had a, an extended season, which has been uh, good. Uh, and you've just missed out there in Dubai. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So. Just missed out. I'm actually flying out to Dubai on the twenty, uh, sorry, the twelfth of uh, January um, next year. Um, so I've just missed them by 
by a few weeks. Yes. Gutted. Yeah. So that would have been good. Um, yeah, but obviously they're just back uh, a few weeks ago from the uh, uh, Dubai and the Middle East. So it's been uh, quite an extended uh, season. And obviously, as we keep saying, and I will keep saying, it's the 50th uh, anniversary in the next year. And uh, there will be, I would imagine, quite a lot of uh, extra things. And uh, I know one or two of the major air shows have got 50th anniversary uh, themes uh, at the uh, air show. So that should be something uh, to worth looking forward to. Um, obviously, they've got the uh, pit days, which are extra at Riyadh um, air show. Um, and they've got an extended, uh, I think, two or three days flying uh, because of this. So... Yeah, so I will keep you updated on everything uh, with the Red Arrows um, as we uh, sort of head into 2014 and uh, all the other air show and aviation uh, news regarding all the air shows around the UK and uh, abroad. So, yeah, and uh, we've got a competition, um, which uh, we'll do now. And I think this is uh, going to be, uh, it's going to be two Red Arrows 2014 calendars. And uh, if you can email us your address and postcode and and the answer is well <laughs> not not the answer no we we sorry we, we won't give you the answer but uh yeah we have got we have got two great prizes like simon said the ref um the red arrows calendars um to give away so simon the questions are going to be uh the the question is what year did the red arrows start right so what year did the Red Arrows start, is that start to perform or start uh, to fly? Start, uh, bearing in mind it's their 50th anniversary next year. So that oh, gives you a clue. It gives you a clue, there's a massive clue there then. <laughs> and the second question, Simon, was? Um, well, well, I think we'll, do you think we need two or do you? No, we'll have two. We'll make it hard for the listeners to, uh, to get this one right. Uh, okay, uh, what other aircraft... Have the Red Arrows used in the past? Now, there are a few aircraft that they have used and a few different colours as well. So what other aircraft have they used? So whatever other aircraft has the Red Arrows used in the past? So send your answers to us via email. You can uh, go on the website and email us via the contact page on there at uh, www.plaintalkinguk.com. Just click on the Contact Us tab and you can uh, send your email via there. Or you can just send us the email direct uh, to uh, Plain Talking UK. That's plain spelled P-L-A-N-E, UK at hotmail.com. So that competition then is uh, open now and uh, we'll announce the uh, winners in our first uh, podcast of the 20, new year. 2014, 2014. and uh, the winners will be picked at random, so yeah. Well, uh, good luck with that, and uh, we'll talk about uh, some other stuff. Um, yeah, so some more military aviation news then, Simon. Yeah, we've got the uh, United Arab Emirates have uh, not chosen to purchase the uh, Eurofighter Typhoon, which is, um, I find, a little bit shocking. Uh, they said they were going to uh, buy some, but obviously the Red Arrows just been out there, and they were trying to promote this, so... That's a bit strange, so um, they're going to be making a different uh, choice. Um, looks as though it could be the uh, Raphael... Uh, Dassault. Dassault. Dassault Raphael, yeah. yeah that's a shame, that one. That's, um, that's a shame they've not uh, chucked, because they are a big buyer of aircraft. Yes, really, the, yes, uh, and one of, was probably one of the biggest uh, buyers in the world. As we know, they uh, do have a lot of uh, 
the uh, new A380 Airbus. Yeah, um, they've ordered ordered some more of those. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's uh, quite a shame. But um, that Raphael uh, aircraft, I've seen that display quite a, uh, numerous times at um, air shows, and uh, it's quite an impressive uh, aircraft uh, to watch and uh, does an impressive uh, display. So yeah. yeah. That's, is that that Dassault Raphael? That's got the um, the little uh, fins at the front. Of yeah. The, uh, of yes. The, uh, the it looks cockpit. quite an old aircraft. It looks um, a little bit. Um, I'm just looking at the pictures on on the file here, and it looks it kind of like looks like an F16. Yes, it does a little um, bit. Yeah. But with that extra set of uh, fins just behind the uh, the cockpit. Yeah. And if there. you want a, a noisy aircraft to watch, this aircraft <laughs> is one of the ones. Um, that you'll enjoy uh, watching at any air show uh, display that it displays at. So, yeah, it's good. Yeah. So next piece of news then. Um... The first uh, UK uh, A400M enters uh, final assembly, uh, ready to be delivered. Uh, uh, and they are being made in uh, San Pablo site in Spain um, and should be uh, scheduled for delivery around the twenty. 20- 2014 uh, in September for the Royal Air Force and the main fuse I'll ask for M- MSN16 um, and the new section of the aircraft is, um, for the RAF second of 22 examples so that's quite a lot isn't it those yeah the RAF yeah 22 of those that's, that is quite a lot and see, obviously these the... are uh, being replaced uh, for the uh, ageing um sort of C-130K transport planes and uh, they will be uh, flying out of Bryce Norton Um, so they will become a familiar site um, next year as from the sort of late part of next year so that should be uh, good and that is an impressive aircraft to watch because I've seen that at a air show this year Yeah. Um, and obviously they displayed with uh, information with the Red Arrows on the uh, Sunday which was the second day Uh, but I didn't see that I was there on the uh, first day uh, I've got a picture of myself standing next to that, actually, at Farnborough last yes. year. Yeah, and that's got awesome. those, um, I do uh, like those. Um, Swept rotor blades. Yes, you know, yes, yeah. uh, turbofan uh, rotor blades. They are, they do look uh, quite a, a sort of a futuristic design, and uh, they must cut down a lot of the noise as well, being that shape. Yeah, that's the, uh, that's actually called, the, the propeller itself is called the Hamilton Sunstrand propeller. Um, that's the the um, technical term for that swept uh, that swept propeller. Yeah, it, does, uh, look, on the... it looks like a sun, doesn't it? Uh, the actual uh, shape of the uh, rotors. Yeah, the uh, the eight bladed scimitar propellers made from a woven composite material, and it's powered by four Europrop TP four hundred D six engines rated at eight thousand two hundred and fifty kilowatts, which is eleven thousand horsepower each. Yeah. Now, uh, looking at this aircraft, um, I think I said to you before, uh, this looks to me a smaller version of the Globemaster, but with uh, propped uh, propeller air, uh, engines on it. Yeah, yeah, the C-17, yeah, it's got kind of a similar similar size, but I think, um, I don't know, I, quite, quite, I think I prefer the uh, prop. Yeah, I do, yeah, engine, yeah. yeah. And obviously, uh, if any of the uh, props uh, do uh, fail, it has uh, got other ones to keep it in, like, airborne. <laughs> Right, so uh, where are we next? Uh, here we go. Another bit of 400M news then, Simon. Yes, it said it's uh, first uh, in-flight uh, refuelling. Uh, um, and this was done, uh, I think, uh, the French uh, t- tested this out. Um, it's quite 
um, a thing that is needed to be done and tested uh, so it can be used um, on all by all uh, military uh, uh, personnel that fly this. So, yeah, this uh, I'm looking at the picture here, and it's uh, quite impressive. Um, so, obviously, uh, this is a prop aircraft, uh, which uh, most aircraft that refueled are jet-engined aircraft, so uh, that is uh, quite complex on this. Uh, but it looks as though it's uh, quite successful, and obviously uh, they've got to do quite a few of these. And... Uh, and making contacts with the A330 Voyager and tanker to perform these. So yeah, they're going to be doing these in February 2014. So yeah, yeah, they're going to start trialing um, uh, refueling uh, using uh, the A330 Voyager uh, tanker transport as well. So they're going to try refueling between the two aircraft. Um, that'll be quite an interesting one to see uh, when if they get some pictures of that online. Yeah, um, yeah. So I'm just reading here that says that. Uh, Airbus Military are going to deliver uh, their third production 400M before Christmas um, to the Turkish Air Force, um, who are awaiting the handover at uh, the airframe's San Pablo final assembly site in Seville. So, uh, so yeah, that's all the A3 or A400M news. So, some more transport. Uh, this is one me and Simon found uh, just before we started the show. Uh, this is um, about Australia's first C-27J getting airborne. Yes, um, we're looking at the uh, cockpit of this and we're saying how uh, sort of uh, old-fashioned it looks. Um, it looks quite a small aircraft. Yeah, it looks tiny. Uh, it looks uh, it's quite strange. Um, yeah, so this is a new aircraft. Um, now, this is just obviously a twin uh, prop aircraft, a little cargo uh, Plane, but it's quite a small one. Um, it's done its debut uh, flight um, in Turin, Italy. And, but the name <laughs> we were trying to work out how, how to pronounce this. Yeah, the uh, it's uh, Alina Ermaci. Um, yes, Alina. Alina. It's actually um, Alina C twenty seven J, but it's Alina Ermaci. So that's begun, it's begun its uh, first test flight and uh, test uh, test flights, I should say, for um, air transport for the Australian Air Force. That yeah. one. Uh, just looking uh, on the sites here uh, about the aircraft itself, it's uh, actually the C twenty seven J Spartan, uh, which was first flown in nineteen ninety nine, um, and there's been fifty two built so far but uh, this one being tested for the australian air force yeah yeah it looks um but i just don't know uh whether i like the look of this one it's quite a small aircraft and and to to be quite honest it doesn't look a lot a lot of uh space in this aircraft does no, it at it's, all? it's kind of if you look at it from the side it's it's kind of like a hercules type design the usual sort of military uh, transport but it's there's not a lot forward of the wing. There's not a lot of no. uh, fuselage forward no. of the wing. Um, but I'm sure it's quite a capable aircraft, I'd imagine. But yes, uh, it's just, yeah, it's just a bizarre looking, <laughs> bizarre yeah. looking aircraft, yeah. really. Yeah, and it's got all these uh, like uh, it's got four sunroofs. <laughs> it looks like like sunroofs, <laughs> two on each uh, side, uh, port and starboard, um, uh, for viewing, um, which uh, I suppose comes in handy. Yeah, the uh, the. Uh, there's an acquisition for two uh, Spartans uh, for the Peruvian Air Force, uh, which has just been finalised, Alina says, uh, with an order worth in the region of 100 million uh, euros or $137 million. 
So, I mean, as much as they are a funny, strange-looking aircraft, people are buying them, Simon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, okay, so you've got uh, a few bits of air show news and yeah, Simon's run-through. Yeah, um, obviously, I've said before, if you want to check out um, the UK air show uh, news, which um, will give you the dates on um, all the air shows that are subject to, um, obviously, uh, weather and... Uh, serviceable aircraft and obviously uh, funds um so before you actually do go to an air show in 2014 check the website regularly and um make sure that the air show still goes ahead because the last few years there have been one or two cancellations um, throughout the uk um due to lack of funds and i know the last off air show has been one of the uh, casualties of uh, funding and uh, obviously there are other one or two other uh, air shows which have uh, been cancelled due to this. So just please make sure before you set out and travel or make arrangements to, for any air show in the UK that it is that actually uh, still uh, going ahead. Um, but if you go onto this website, which is um, a main uh, webs- website for the UK, it's Flightline UK at www.airshows.org.uk. And it will give you a month-by-month breakdown of every uh, air show. And also, it's got the postcodes in for your sat-navs when you do uh, go to these air shows. So that is good. And it will uh, give you a link to each um, uh, area's webpage and should get more information. But at the moment, like a lot of uh, air shows, it's early yet. So um, some pages may be blank and have nothing on them but as the year progresses and we head towards or head into the new year towards the air show season uh, a lot of these uh, websites will begin to fill uh, with uh, information regarding what aircraft are flying and uh, what aircraft are on static display so um, but there is obviously as I said on this website you've got quite a long list here through every month of the year uh, what air show is participate uh, what aircraft are participating and uh, performing so yeah it's well worth a look yeah we're going to cover the um, the air shows and stuff throughout the course of uh, 2014 in each episode we'll obviously have simon um telling you which ones are coming up soon and uh, what's going to be there yeah. and uh, bits of information about yeah. the um, the air shows yeah. and that yeah. so uh, keep your keep your ears yes there will be a, um in the future podcasts there will be a lot of uh, military uh, and uh, air show information uh, on every podcast so uh, I'll be talking about each one in depth uh, uh, as we approach each one so some are bigger than others some are small ones some are big and some are medium size so and they are all over the UK so yeah I'm yep. looking forward to the air show season because we have got yeah, one we've got, we've heck got of a year a, we've got one heck of a year planned for me and Simon for this uh, 2014 we've got uh, like I said before in the previous podcast, we've got our tickets booked for Farnborough already for 2014. Yeah. And uh, Riyadh as well. We're going to uh, we're going to go to this year the Royal International Air Tattoo, and uh, we'll we'll fit some more in during the year as well. Some yeah. of the smaller air shows. Yeah, Duxford, Duxford, and, and another big one, RF Waddington. So uh, and yeah. not for, not forgetting our local one, Seething here. Just uh, well, just... I may be at Duxford on that one. Oh, <laughs> yeah, <ooh. laughs> and you may be coming with me, but it's up to you. Yeah, well, perhaps we'll have to. Uh, we'll have to do uh, uh, linked recordings between us from different air shows. That'd be quite interesting. That would, yeah. yeah, that would be. Yeah. Um, 
So is that all for this week's uh, yeah? That's news? all, and yeah. uh, I think we've just got one thing to wish everybody. Uh, we've, happy. Well, we've, got, we've got some listener mail, Simon. Oh, have we? Yes. Oh, we've got to wish everybody a happy twenty thirteen oh, no. Christmas. We're not finished yet. Okay, we, uh, we'll we, have that first. Yeah, we had uh, we have had some listener mail, um, and we're gonna uh, we're gonna do that in just a second uh, after this. Yes, we have had our first piece of listener mail through. I couldn't believe it, actually, when I was checking the, uh, the emails um, that we'd had our first bit through, Simon. I was quite uh, quite, quite excited, I must yeah, say. Yeah, it's, uh, so, um, that is nice. Yeah. On the other side of the world as well. Yeah, we've had some uh, listener feedback then from uh, Philip. And uh, that's a good name. That's my father's name, Philip. Um, but uh, this is Philip in New Hampshire in the northeastern United States. And uh, he's been interested in aviation um, for many, many, many years. And uh, he's hoping to start working towards his private pilot's license soon. And he heard about our show through uh, the Airline Pilot Guy podcast, one which I listened to um, presented by captain jeff um and he heard heard about us through that podcast and uh, he's he's been listening to our show simon yes yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope we haven't sent him to sleep <laughs> philip i do hope you've enjoying our podcast yeah, and um, uh, looking at your uh, email you sent us um you've got quite a, a nice uh, selection and interest of uh, aircraft which you've uh, sent us so yeah you've got harriers on here just to name a few uh, kc10s uh, the a10 uh, tank busters, um, which used to be around here uh, from Bentwaters. Yeah, uh, Philip works. Uh, he works at the site of the former U.S. Air Base, uh, which is formerly known as uh, Pease. I hope I've said that right. Pease Air Force Base, which uh, is now known as Portsmouth International Airport at Pease or KPSM, and uh, he sees. Uh, uh, quite a, t- a, a massive range of aircraft on yeah. his lunch breaks. Yeah. I, I'm quite I, envious. Yeah, so am I. I I'm I, like I, if I see a Cessna 150 <laughs> on my lunch break. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm just uh, quite a bit shocked looking at this uh, list of uh, aircraft that he's got a uh, uh, sort of access to uh, or see, which is uh, quite interesting. Yeah, yeah. One of the which is the V-22, uh, which we've got now in the UK here with the Osprey. Yes, um, yeah. And they're... Uh, Started to become a popular site over the skies over East Anglia. Um, but uh, Philip Philip was saying uh, that uh, we mentioned, I think it was on episode three or two or three, I think we mentioned about uh, about my love of the TriStar. Yes. And uh, we did discuss that uh, the DC-10 wasn't, wasn't quite such... Um, uh, a pleasant looking aircraft, but uh, Philip does it. He disagrees. We've got uh, a bit of competition here. We've got here. some competition here. He does, uh, Philip does love the uh, DC 10, the uh, McDonnell Douglas DC 10, um, as well as the MD 11 as well. Um, uh, but uh, that that is his favourite. But uh, don't don't panic, uh, Philip. We we do love the DC ten as well. Yeah, I've flown um, on it as well. It's rather yeah, noisy and rather old now, <laughs> uh, as is the uh, L ten eleven TriStar. But to be fair though, Simon, the DC t- or the, well the DC ten not so much now because they're being phased out really. But the MD 11s are still flying, Simon. Yes. Whereas uh, the TriStars have pretty much all but gone, apart from the few we've got left in the yes, UK here yeah. for the yeah. RAF. Yeah. But uh, it's great to uh, great to have some feedback. Then uh, thanks a lot for that, Philip. It's uh, very much appreciated. Keep the feedback coming in, Philip. I'm uh, 
me and uh, Simon do uh, do really appreciate that. And uh, he's actually given us as well his. Um, we we had a, in the shows previous the list of uh, favourite aircraft, didn't we? That yes, I had. yeah. Um, just, I still haven't done mine yet. No, Simon hasn't done his military one so, yet. Uh, uh, but uh, I will get that done. I think that will be our first or my first job for the new, for the new year. year. I, I do have a, a top ten uh, military aircraft or aircraft selection. But uh, Philip's uh, top ten. We'll quickly run through that. Uh, so at number ten for Philip's favourite uh, passenger aircraft are number ten the Boeing triple seven, number nine the VC ten. It's one of your favourites, Simon. Yes, yeah, so yeah, uh, I like that. Number eight the A three forty. Number seven the Lockheed L ten eleven. Number six the DC ten. Uh, number five the Douglas DC six. That's an, that's quite an awesome yeah, aircraft. As well. Yes, yeah. Uh, number three the Concorde. Yes, yeah. Uh, uh, number three, the Boeing 747. We've talked about that in yep. this podcast. Uh, number two, the DC-3. Awesome. Awesome yes. aircraft. Yes. I've, I've walked on board, never flown on one, but been on board one. Um, and at uh, number one, the 707. Yes. Now, from, I've, 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 I've actually replied to Philip, and I was saying uh, to Philip in the uh, reply I sent back to him, do you remember the uh, Tex Johnson Done the barrel roll in the uh, 707. Yes. Um, try you know to, to to sort of show off to the uh, um, prospective customers. That yes. was back. Oh, I forget when that when it was now. That's quite a few years ago yes. now that. Uh, and that uh, I've uh, flown on that um, out to uh, uh, numerous places uh, years ago when it was uh, actually in service, but um, it's still in service at the moment um, with the a lot of the uh, military because that is the. Uh, it is a KC-135 uh, refueling tanker. That is a variant of, yeah, just re-engined uh, and... Uh, uh, obviously uh, got more capability uh, for refueling aircraft and it's got the uh, big uh, refueling boom to the rear of the aircraft um, and obviously the small window for the uh, boom operator, so yeah. Yeah, so thanks for that f- again, Philip. Um, awesome bit of feedback there. Um, all the way, uh, like we said, all all the way from across the pond there. Um, at uh, New Hampshire in the northeastern United States. Great bit of feedback there. Yes, and one other thing uh, I've just uh, remembered. Uh, Concord, it is 10 years ago um, this week that it actually uh, retired from uh, complete service. So, uh, And there is a lot of uh, Concord uh, um, films on the uh, uh, Discovery, one of the Discovery channels, um, this week so uh, if you are interested uh, worth in the UK it's worth uh, looking at so Concord's final flight uh, the Concord years and one or two other programs so yeah they're worth watching um, and I still uh, miss that aircraft we do yeah very much so um, we're, lu- we're lucky we do have a Concord here in the UK at Duxford which uh, you can uh, walk on board and uh, and on walk on and view and stuff so yes, that's quite um, good and there are one or two others uh, sort of about um scattered around the UK and uh, worldwide uh, and uh, in the future I will uh, give you a, a list of where those actual aircraft are based now so yeah yeah so that's about where we're going to bring episode seven of the uh, Plane Talking UK podcast to a close uh, thanks for listening uh, this is going to be our last recording for 20, 2013 yes uh, so thanks again to all our listeners for listening to uh, to the show um, since we've been going uh, for the last uh, seven episodes Yes. And we'll be back in the new year yes. um, with episode number eight. 
Um, and don't forget, send us your um, emails uh, to uh, the show at plaintalkinguk at hotmail.com. Don't forget, you can find us as well on Facebook as well. We're on Facebook. Just type in on your search there, Plain Talking UK. And also, uh, don't forget the website as well, uh, www.plaintalkinguk.com. You can also email us via the website as well. So, uh, and don't forget the competition as well yes. for the calendars. Um, yes. You can win the calendars. The questions there we had earlier on in the show. Send us your uh, answers, and um, we'll uh, put them all in a in a humongous hat yes. that uh, Simon will bring around a Stetson, I think, and we'll <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and we'll put them in a hat and draw uh, draw a winner out, and uh, we'll announce those uh, probably on our first uh, episode in two thousand fourteen. Yes, yeah, we'll uh, we'll do that. Um, uh, all that remains for me and uh, Carlos to say is I uh, hope you all have a, a great Christmas for 2013 and we look forward to seeing you in 2014 uh, for our podcast number eight and the uh, new air show year yes new air show year so thanks again listeners and uh, have a great christmas and a fantastic new year so from me carlos it's goodbye and from simon uh, it's a goodbye from me as well okay take care then bye-bye now